God dang it, you're right. <laughs> I was like, I stick my finger in there. I taste. I want to taste what it tastes like. Yeah. Because bourbon to me is one of the best things you can put inside apple pie. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh man, that's make some good good uh apple pie. The, uh, apple oh, pie so and a good in a good bourbon together. Man, that's yes. there's nothing better. In a warm fire in the winter, that's that's as, that's 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 American. <laughs> that there's American. Welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Find out more about their fine rustic furniture at logheadshomecenter.com. Hello, I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is The Bourbon Road. And Mike, this is uh, this is your road trip part two. Part two of it, yeah. Yeah, so we did uh, we did three distilleries last week. Yep. This week we're doing three more. Yeah. I'm kind of excited to hear about these because you brought me back some bottles. I did. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm, I'm the big winner here. Well, you're the big winner. Well, you, you I, the- trust me, I was the big winner. I, and it, trust me, you know, you know we're going to come over to the house and we're going to try every one of those bottles that I got. Absolutely. Uh, I gave you two rise out of that out of all the picks, and uh, especially the one we're going to drink today. Um. You know, the owners of that distillery, they were like, hey, uh, we know your co-host is a big rye whiskey guy, and uh, we'd like him to have a bottle of this. So, you know, I brought it back to you. Beautiful bottle, right? It's a beautiful bottle. Comes in a, a tube, a lot like the A.H. Taylor tube, you know? Yeah. Beautiful. I think some people are trying to do that today. Uh, more beers are coming out like that than, yeah. than whiskeys, but some people are putting those in those tubes. Yeah. Why, why did E.H. Taylor put it in a tube like that? Do I don't know? know. I don't know what the answer is to that, but they've been doing it a long time. So Was it to keep the bottle from busting, maybe? You know, I, I think it was just to set it apart as a, as a higher quality kind of product. You know, it, it, it gave it a look like the care was taken at packaging. And, uh, you know, uh, Colonel Taylor was uh, very proud of what he did. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm guessing uh, the fellows over at Rocktown are just as proud. Oh yeah, so that's what we're drinking today is a is a Rocktown single barrel rye whiskey cast strength. It's 125 proof. Um, it's got some dark caramel to it. It's 35 months old, um, and I think that's when you were talking about it before we started. Uh, probably because of that Arkansas heat down there in the yeah. summertime. Yeah. So you know we're not drinking this because it's our favorite or it's the best. It's it's just one that we chose to have to sip on just to something to sip on while we're we're talking about the old trip down that that bourbon road right right, right. so we don't want to we don't want our other guests to feel like we singled out rock town but we just grabbed yeah. a bottle and said hey let's sit down with this one yeah well because i like rye so instead of saying cheers to you i would say merry christmas merry christmas that's right this is uh this is our christmas show this will release on christmas day yeah so if you're uh you're out there listening to us sit down and grab yourself a a bottle of bourbon or or some rye whiskey or whatever whiskey you like to drink and sit down and listen. Give us a listen uh, Why everybody's opening up stuff or everybody's busy making that Christmas dinner. Sit down and uh, listen to this episode and hopefully you enjoy it. Um, we definitely appreciate our listeners, I think, um, supporting us throughout the year. This has been a, our first year, really half a year for me, but um, I think it's been a great year. It has been a good year. We've grown a lot. Uh, we've got a good core following of listeners, and I think our format is pretty solid. We've got some ideas for next year, some things we might change up a little bit. But, um, you know, I think that uh, uh, we've had some great guests. And, uh, you know, I'd like to do a show, Mike, at some point where we sit and we look back at the past year and we say, you know, who we had on and what were the bourbons, what was our favorites and stuff. We haven't really planned that episode, yeah. but I think that's something we ought to do. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I, we'd get a whole entire year under the belt. Yeah. And do that. That would be our year in review right there. There you um, go. After after 52 or 54 episodes. Yeah. We always get those always get those weeks mixed, mixed up in a year. Well, this is episode 37, so we're not too far off. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Well, Mike, uh, let's go ahead and get to this. This rye, not this bourbon, but this rye. It's rye whiskey. Let's talk about it. Cheers. Cheers. Merry Christmas. 
Wow, that is uh, that that stuff packs a punch. What what did you say the proof on it was? One hundred twenty five. One twenty five. Wow. And this is a single barrel rye, very dark. This uh, this reminds me of the color of like a old Forster nineteen ten. It's a uh, it, you'd almost think it was double barreled or something, right? Uh, but that Arkansas heat. Um, you know, kind of cool thing about this, and we'll talk about that in an episode that they uh, play rock and roll music to their to their bourbon and there's just thumping yeah um that's called rock town yeah there you go so this is uh this is now do they use smaller barrels or use normal size barrels or yeah they're using 53 35 and 15 gallon barrels so we don't know which one for this particular this is but um it's got a sweetness to it too doesn't it yeah it does yeah this has got um for me, it's like dried plums, kind of dark. The The oak is definitely, you know, you get a lot of the oak and the tannins on the back. That dried fruit there is like a, almost, man, I want dried dried plum, you know, maybe a, a date or something like that. It's, it's definitely sweetness. To me, this is almost like that sagamore. But I tell you what, it's got some sweetness to it for me. And I, I like that. Yeah. You know, I'm not the rye guy here, but uh, I I definitely sip on this. It's definitely got some cloves to it. Reminds me a little bit of that, um, a glazed ham, clove glazed ham kind of, that's been really, really cooked. Oh yeah. A lot because it's got, I mean, it's got some, it's got some char. It's got some oak, a little bit drying, but I think it's good. Now this was non-chill filtered. So, you know, maybe that adds to it a little bit. Kind of hard to believe that this is only 35 months old, but I guess that uh, that southern weather just. Yeah, if you've ever been down to Arkansas, it does get nice and hot down there. That'd be a, you know, north of Texas almost a little bit. When you get, once you get up in the Little Rock area at Oklahoma, like if you drew a straight line across there. But still, that's a beautiful whiskey. What do you think about the finish on that? It's not drying, you know, like I would think it would be like a ride. It's got some. It's got pepper on the back end. Got a little bit. Got a little bit of a hug. the 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 flavor punch doesn't stick around a really long time. So no, I would say it's a it's a medium finish. Um, but there's you know the alcohol it, it, for being 125 proof. I don't think it's overpowered by ethanol. No, I, I don't. Not at all. The nose on it definitely isn't like that. If I know? if I were to drink this blind, and somebody were to ask me to uh, to guess at the age. I would probably go definitely higher in three years. If it was Kentucky, you'd you'd definitely think that, right? Yeah, not knowing where it's from. Well, you looking at the color and tasting it, it definitely seems a lot older. Yeah, maybe they have that advantage. Like, you know, you think a Scott Scotch. You know, it takes how long does it take to make a good Scotch? That's probably for the Scotch experts to answer, but um, Scotches definitely age a lot slower than bourbons do because their weather's different, right? So you go down south and you try to make some some whiskey down there, and it, it'll take a while. So, yeah, so that's what we're drinking today. All right. Well, uh, I did want to mention something, Mike, before we get into your first um, interview, and that is uh, send out another invitation to our listeners to to pop into Facebook. And visit the Bourbon Roadies. It's our closed Facebook group. Um, I think we're up to about 60 or 70 members now. And, and there's some good conversation going some on. Some good conversation there. going on in there. So, you know, come to our Facebook page, uh, the Bourbon Road. Go into our group, the Roadies. We'll ask you three quick questions. And that's just to make sure that you're of drinking age and and that you know where you're going to. That's about it. But, um yeah, it's pretty good. I'm I'm really enjoying that. It's it's starting to take off now. It's a little slow in the beginning, but I think it's picking up. I think people will be surprised uh, that we have listeners in there or roadies that are from all over the world. Uh, we got a couple guys from Australia now, and they they like to comment on stuff. Um, obviously, we got some people from Louisville, Kentucky, um, but we got people all over the United States. People out in California, people from Texas. Um, so, so come on in there and, and let's. Let's have a conversation. And we're pretty active in there, so you'll oh, yeah. see us. Yeah. Every day, almost every day, we'll, we'll, we try to be in there. Yeah. So, Mike, who do we have for our first stop on, on this week's road trip? Well, you know, I, I thought I was, me and Vivian were going to get on the road that next morning. Um, so, we, let's let's backtrack a little bit. So, last week on the episode, you finished up in New Orleans. We finished up in New Orleans uh, at 7-3 Distilling, and then me and her uh, left that day, and 
we actually, uh, you'd asked me last week if I'd went to Felix's and we did go to Felix's uh, and had some oysters, you know, I mean, Vivian are big oyster fans. Um, and then we, uh, we met some old Coast Guard friends that are stationed there in New Orleans um, and met them for dinner and ate at Acme Oyster House. Um, before we went out though, uh, we're in our hotel bar there. Uh, hotel St. Marie has a little bar restaurant and uh, I saw this guy wearing a purple hard hat. So I bought him a drink and he came over and like two veterans would always do. We started up a conversation and talking about each other and our lives and um, turned out the guy owned a dang distillery up in South Dakota. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said, hey, I got a bourbon podcast. I'm a co-host on a bourbon podcast. He was like, really? So uh, Eldon Nygaard, um, he owns Claytown. Clay Turner bourbon up in, up in South Dakota. And next morning I got up and I interviewed him. The nice, the cool thing about this guy is he is a combat veteran and we sit down and drank his bourbon that he had in a wine uh, bottle because he's going on a cruise for his daughter's wedding honeymoon. I guess the whole family was going, uh, but we sat down that next morning in the, uh, restaurant there a little noisy um so the audio wasn't that great but i felt it was important to get this this american hero on our show and talk to him and get his bourbon out there so if people are driving out to south dakota they're going out to sturgis south dakota they're going out to wyoming uh, they're going out that way they need to stop by and uh try some of this juice so there may be a little bit of noise in the background but we'll make sure we clean up that audio up enough so people can at least understand what's going on oh yeah yeah all right. Well, Mike, let's 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 hear it. Let's do it. All right. Hey, this is Big Chief from the Bourbon Road, and I, I know I told all of our listeners that the next time you'd hear me is be in Texas. But as many of you know, whenever you're on a trip, and you never can tell who you're going to run into. And last night, me and my wife are sitting in a bar in downtown New Orleans, and I see a guy wearing a uh, hat that has a purple heart on it. And I told the bartender that, Hey, can you, uh, I'd like to buy his drink for him because he's a purple heart recipient. And so she bought his drink and he came over and thanked me for buying his drink. And ever we started up a conversation like two military veterans probably would anywhere. And I was lucky to find out that he owns a distillery. So today, uh, this morning I'm sitting down with Eldon Nygaard, uh, South Dakota state Senator. Yeah. Retired. Retired. Um, a combat veteran of 34 years. Yeah. Uh, shot, shot down four times in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, flew 1000 missions. That that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and purple heart recipient. I, I first, I, Eldon, I'd like to thank you for your service. Thank the you. thing about Eldon is Eldon owns a distillery up in South Dakota. And, uh, you, you actually have a bourbon up there. Yes. Uh, we just, uh, we're having bourbon for breakfast, incidentally. Uh, I don't always do that, but uh, well, that's a good way to start yeah, the, the breakfast, right? Breath of fresh air, though. When you smell that bourbon, it is. Yeah. So your your bourbon is called Clay Turner uh, Clay Straight Turner Straight South Dakota whiskey. South Dakota Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Yeah. And it the the name comes from the two counties. One where your distillery is. That's in uh, Clay County. We distill it, and we have a farm, a 240-acre farm in Turner County. Uh, we go back over 100 years in that county, and we raise our own wheat, rye, bourbon, bourbon, <laughs> barley. <laughs> it becomes bourbon. And then uh, uh, corn, all of the ingredients that go into our bourbon are raised on our farm in Turner County. Now, this, this bourbon, uh, Clay Turner, is a... Uh, really a four grain bourbon yeah it's got 52 percent corn 52, yeah our mash bill is 52 percent corn 24 percent uh wheat and 24 percent rye and and the uh malting barley that we use in the process of fermentation is our own single row uh non-genetically modified uh malting barley that we raise obtain um, that seed, very rare seed, from a seed repository up in uh, 
North Dakota State University. That's that's pretty awesome that you're doing everything in house and you're you're really researching it. But you, you've already had a storied life, right? You, um, I've done a few things. <laughs> you did a few things. I've been in a few rodeos, I guess. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Let's let's taste this. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I'll tell all my listeners that uh, you know when you swirl this around the glass and you look at the legs on this, it's it's got some legs on it for a two year old bourbon. It definitely tastes. Sweet, I can taste that weed in it, but on that back end, there's a little bit of punch to that rye yeah. whiskey. Yeah, so there's a little pepper to it and caramel. Get some caramel out of that. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, it's a good bourbon for a two year old. Yeah. Now, is your plans to let it go beyond two years in the future? Or? Um, our bourbon process. Um, this has just begun. We wanted to see if we could make a good bourbon. I think we proved that we can. It sells on the shelf in our grocery stores, liquor stores back in South Dakota at uh, anywhere from uh, uh, $39.95 to $49.95. So they like it in South Dakota. Uh, we're going to experiment it with, we've got a new aging barn. We're converting a, uh, a uh, bandstand that we use for entertainment we're going to totally enclose it with a roll-up like garage door so we still have the band in the center of it and we'll be able to put a couple hundred barrels around the back sure we'll have some rock and roll aging of these (laughs) of our bourbon in the future hey i've heard all kinds of people do different stuff and uh you know heard people raise plants and music so why not raise some bourbon up with it right this is a true true small batch only two barrels right yeah yeah um, you use 53-gallon barrels out of Springfield, Missouri. Springfield, the worldwide cooperage is there. Well, I think that's a pretty pretty delicious bourbon. I, it's a stone-faced, stone-faced uh, distillery there in South Dakota after Mount Rushmore, right? Yeah. That's what it's named after. So, well, Eldon, I appreciate you coming on today with me and sitting down here. I know you're a busy man. Um, you're going on a cruise with your wife and family. Uh, congratulations on the wedding of your daughter. Well, thank you. I, I know that's always a festive uh, time and stuff. Um, and we'll see you on down a Bourbon Road. All right. Thank you very much, Mike. Well, Mike, it was kind of a fortunate event there for meeting up with Eldon in the in the hotel. Yeah, man. I tell you what, it just those uh, the gift of gab. I always say is you know I think when we met. You said, "Hey, you got that gift, that gift of gab," and um, sometimes it 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 benefits me. Opens a few doors, I think. It sure does. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a very interesting guy. Um, definitely been around for a while, and he's got himself a distillery and served his country, and you know, uh, sacrificed for his country too. Oh yeah. They got some wine up there for people to taste too, though. Do they? Yeah. Well, maybe one of these days we'll get up to South Dakota and we'll stop in and and say hey to him and. And uh, do a tour and hang out with him for a little bit. And that'd be nice. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, who do we have next on our on our trip? Well, so me and Vivian, after we talked to Eldon and uh, we got on down to Bourbon Road and we drove, we're driving over to Shreveport. My son's stationed at Barksdale Air Force Base and he he's on a B-52 bomber crew there where he uh, works on the B-52s. And um, it just so happened that. Shreveport's about halfway from my mom and my mom's house in Texas. Um, and that's Tyler, Texas is halfway point. So I found a distillery there, obviously, uh, so we could have some lunch together. Uh, I went to the distillery at Keepersall. Um, they are a large vineyard in Texas. They grow all their own grapes and they got a large ranch there. Uh, they kind of one-stop shop. They got a bed and breakfast. They got a distillery. They got a winery. Um, you got all kinds of stuff. I was just shocked. A bed and breakfast so you can stay the night if you want to have a couple of drinks. It's just a kind of a great place, to, halfway place to meet. So uh, I sat down with the owner of the vineyards um, and the distillery, Marnell Duret. They've been open since 2013, um, and they have some great bourbon. Do they really? Yeah. And they named it after uh, – Jim is the master stiller, uh, Marnell's husband, and his dad was a World War II bomber pilot. Oh, cool. Kind of fits in with my son, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, his name was Jimmy, and um, he's got a great story about him and stuff. And uh, the whole time he's in World War II flying around in his bomber, 
he had a bur- bottle of bourbon with him. Um, it was more for trading if he got shot down or if he needed some stuff over there, he could trade it. But uh, at the end of the war, um, you'll hear a story on this podcast. He did trade that bottle of bourbon to a woman on a beach for a record. Comes all the way back home from the Pacific and uh, puts that record on. You can imagine excitement the whole time not being able to hear that record. And has to be some good music right here. And he puts that on the old record player, that vinyl record, and it was blank. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, but they got some great. They got two expressions of bourbon there. They got some other stuff, too. Um, and the name of the distillery is? The distillery at Keeper Saw. The distillery at Keeper Saw. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they they uh, they got Jimmy's bourbon, and then they got Jimmy's 100, uh, which is 100 proof. Um, they do all 53-gallon barrels. Uh Maybe in the future they're going to have some 30-gallon barrels. It's all single batch. It's all made by them. Probably um, one of the most impressive distilleries I've ever been to where I can tell, you know, everything's right there. Their bottling line's right there. Their rickhouse is right there. Everything is it, – it, they're, they're there. Yeah. And their bourbon's four years old. It's, it, it's a good Texas bourbon. I, I thought a lot of it. And I got a great story. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. You're in Texas. I hear Weller grows on trees in Texas. Is that true? <laughs> Not that I could find. <laughs> um, and I actually, you know, a couple people was like, hey, can you stop? Give me some Wellers in Texas. And I think maybe in central Texas, but I was over in East Texas and we stopped at a couple of places and I didn't find a single bottle, nor did I find any good bourbon, really. Uh, you know, me and my son went into a couple of places and. I'm like, where's all this bourbon at? You know, where's your bourbon at? And they'd have a, like a, I probably had a bigger collection than some of those liquor stores have. <laughs> um, but hey, um, I, I tried. Gave that old college try and struck out, but I still got to visit a great operation. They are uh, debt free, meaning they're paying for everything out of their own pockets um, for this operation. And I, I love that. Yeah, it's good to hear about a distillery that's done it, you know, the smart way, I guess. You know, a lot of them say, you know, you want to make a little money, you start with a lot of money, and you start a distillery. Then you end up with a little money. So, you know, I guess to have a distillery that's uh, that's been able to stay debt-free the whole time and pay their way, that's that's good. That's awesome. I mean, they got other businesses and stuff, and I think that's how they're helping support this distillery. But uh, they're not taking any money from anybody else. You know, and they, they're living that American dream. So the distillery at Keeper Saw. The distillery at Keeper Saw. Let's hear it. All right. Hey, this is Big Chief coming to you from the Bourbon Road. And uh, so we left New Orleans uh, yesterday morning and we went over to Barksdale Air Force Base and dropped some bourbon off to my son. And now we took a two hour drive over to Tyler, Texas, and we're at the distillery at Keeper Saw. Um, and they're on a winery. Yes, this is a wine estate. And I'm with? Hi, everybody. This is Marnell Durrett with Keeper Saul. I'm speaking on behalf of my husband today, since this is the guy's side of the world at Keeper Saul, the, the distillery. So you're here. the winemaker. I'm I'm the founding winemaker. Found and yes. owner. Yes. So you the owner of this my, distillery, though. My sister and I own it. I Yes, yes. <laughs> and your husband's the master distiller. And he's the master distiller. But your husband's out doing some ranching today. He is with the cows today. Hey, sometimes we got to do that, right? Yes, yes. Um, so I always like to get straight to the whiskey. So what do you have for us today? What's the first pour? Today, we're, we're ta- we only have two products in terms of bourbon um, and whiskey right now. And that is our Jimmy's 90 and our Jimmy's 100. There's a really cool story as to how the 100 gets uh, developed and blended. Um, And the the Jimmy's 90 is our standard. And it's what's what's in the marketplace. Now, who's Jimmy? Jimmy is my husband's grandfather. So, sadly, he passed away in October, uh, October 24th. He was 97 years old. That's a good long life, um, though, right? Oh, he had an amazing life. Amazing guy. Uh, learned so much from him. I have, we have 10-year-old twins. And from the time that they were born until the time of his passing, my kids got to see him once a week and um, and got to play dominoes with Papa and learn about all kinds of fun things. And he would tell great stories. And um, 
and uh, make my, my he'd pick on my son a little and and uh, Papa would say, I'm not letting go till you say calf rope. <laughs> so. So Jimmy was a your bottle has a pair of old aviator glasses on it. So Jimmy was an aviator. He was. He was a torpedo bomber pilot and uh, he flew off of aircraft carriers um, off of the coast of Okinawa in World War II. And uh, I guess it was about 2013, 2012, 2013, and we went to go have lunch with him. And uh, that particular day, we'd already started the distillery. We'd already working on the vodka, and, and my husband talked my dad into let's let's get let's get the bourbon side going you know and uh, we we committed to making a whiskey and we showed up that day and we said papa we're gonna start making whiskey and his response was what and I said we're gonna start making whiskey boy do I have a whiskey story for you and it started like so many whiskey stories. I mean, of his war stories, not whiskey. This is the only <laughs> whiskey story he told. And uh, it started with when I was deployed. And uh, he says, well, when he says he has a story, we know to sit down, it's going to take a minute. So we did. And it did take a minute. But he told us about, and if you have any 90-year-old relatives, 90 plus, 80 plus, 70 plus, it's fun to listen to history from your relatives and your friends and your family. And I happened to catch a little bit of this on my iPhone um, and recording him and came home and played it for my dad. And um, he, he said when he was deployed, they were asked to bring Jack, a bottle of Jack or a bottle of Jim. They were asked to bring Wrigley's peppermint gum and as many cigars as they can get their hands on. And he said when he heard this, and his his arms were frail. He goes, I was madder than a hornet because he thought that the commanding officers were going to haze them, like like take advantage of their rank so that they can get some whiskey. Turns out it was an, a, a base in Oklahoma is what I understand. And when they left Oklahoma or when they got to Oklahoma, they said um, some of the, the fly guys that brought the stuff, you guys – need to take your ammo bags because your fish, they were issued for ammo bags, but since they were pilots, they weren't going to be doing hand-to-hand combat and didn't need to fill them all with ammo. They said, take your silk scarf, wrap it around your bottle of Jack or Jim, stick it in the middle of the bag, put the gum around it, put the cigars on top and hang that bag on your seat in the cockpit. And, uh, they said that that bag will become your barter bag. Those items hold more value in the South Pacific than American dollars or cigarettes. So if you get shot down behind enemy lines and live to tell about it, your bag will likely live too and could potentially save your life. Um, so it was an awesome story. And when I got home, told my dad about the story and he's like, that's it. We'll name the bourbon Jimmy's." And I still get goosebumps telling the story because I heard that and he did trade it. To a pretty woman on the beach on his last his last flight. And it was kind of like a boom, boom, boom story because um, he said, oh, one of the things he said was he'd be flying at night and he'd try to stay awake and his mind would drift and he would think our tour might be coming through. He would think about that bag of bourbon back behind the seat. And he goes, I just pulled the bottle out. I'd unscrew it. And I'd just sniff it and then I'd screw it back on. (laughs) So, um, but he traded it for um, um, this woman was on the beach and she had records that she was selling and he could not wait to get the record home and play it. So he traded the whole bag, got the record, got on the ship, got home and had nothing on it. He goes, I was so mad because wow. that bottle of bourbon flew with me. <laughs> um, so. That's a, that see, to me that that resonates home because uh, both me and Jim, both being in the military, we both say that even today, uh, 
a good spirit, a good whiskey is still tradable overseas. And sometimes, uh, you know, you, you're not supposed to have that in country these days or they frown up on it. But I guarantee you some guys or some guys, mamas send some bourbon to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah. They still get traded today. So this, this bourbon right here. This is, is the 90 is, that is, you're tasting. It's 90 proof. Yes. I get a little of, and our listeners probably can laugh, but I still get a little bit of that licorice, a little bit of whorehound in it. Corn, like you said, corn yeah, forward. It's really corn forward, and which it, Jim loves rye style. He likes the spice. Um, some of his favorite. See, I'm. They say there's like a progression. I'm still the weeded. I like the weeded bourbons, but the Jimmy's has a sweetness. And Jim says he wants to pull the sweetness from the corn and not so much the wheat, where that wheat gives it a little body. But he sure. likes the sweetness and the spice. Um. So. You, well, so, let's let's taste this. Sweet. I'm already been tasting it, but cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> it's four years, and every bottle, every bottle that we produce, I kid you. You're sitting in here in the barrel room with us. Um, sorry, that's winemaker talk. The rack house. <laughs> the rack house. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, it's still part of the distillery, but whenever we have to make more bourbon. My husband wants it in those barrels as long as it can stay there. So if the distributor calls us, um, we'll get an order in and he'll call the guys like we've got to come out of the vineyard or we've got to come out of the pasture or wherever it's time to bottle. They're going to come by and pick up uh, barrels tomorrow. I mean, um, bottles bottles tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it stays in those barrels as long as it can. So we are a single batch. This is literally single batch. So. Um, it's kind of neat. We were in the market yesterday and I can see some bottles and I'm like, ah, that's, I want to taste, do a tasting of what it tastes like if it was bottled a year ago and it's the same label and it might still have, now we might be getting up to five year, six year already, but, um, it's, especially when we blend the Jimmy's 100, you know, we want to, we know we can maintain that four year age and that's what we're working on now is there any plans in the future to age it longer and go to like six or even a 10 year old he wants he wants to do we're going to keep some of them for 20 if we can maybe do a bottled bond absolutely maybe old big chief get a bottle of that man i'll tell you what i've I've already made some friends for life here in texas because i'm a big old texas boy so um so the four year four year old uh 90 proof bourbon from jimmy's um i think it's it's an excellent taste on it um I get the like I get that? the sweet. Oh yeah, I love it. I, I love any bourbon. Come on, look at me. I, I look like I love bourbon, don't I? <laughs> I do get the sweetness from the corn. I get that pepper on the back, a little uh-huh. bit of maybe white pepper. Yeah. Um, I get some cloves in it. Clove, clove, and allspice is what I'm picking up right now. Those bacon spices. Somebody hasn't smelled. Me and my wife were driving down the road the other day. And I had said uh, a bourbon had some nutmeg in it, um, and I, I was telling her, hey, write these notes down for me, and um, she's writing them down. She's like, you don't even know what nutmeg tastes like, and I was like, sure. She's like, when have you had nutmeg? And I was like, well, I'll put some on a apple pie, on, in, inside my apple pies I make, and uh, she's like, god dang it, you're right. <laughs> I was like, I stick my finger in there, I, I want to taste what it tastes like. Yeah. Because bourbon, to me, is one of the best things you can put inside apple pie. Oh, mm-hmm. oh man, that's make some good good uh apple pie the uh, apple oh, pie so and a good in a good bourbon together. Man, that's yes. there's nothing better. Uh, in a warm fire in the winter. That's that's as, that's 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 American. That <laughs> 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 there's American. So yeah, you guys got the, this Jimmy's bourbon and then you how long ago did uh you said you started in 2013? Um 2013 and we started, you know, People come here for wine tours and distillery tours, and it's like the, the big question is, why are we in this little micro distillery in the heart of a wine estate? So it really was just a farmer life. There, there's a saying that a farmer always makes a plan, you know, and we're growing grapes, we're making wine, and that's our passion. Our passion is to grow something, produce something and have it firmly founded in in and planted in a sense of place. So grapes were a niche it's a niche crop essentially and shifting to distilling it was it all started with 
vodka. So how can we take these grapes, the the wine that we cannot compete with on the global market in terms of quality and price? And we say can't compete. Um, we had Zinfandel planted and know that we make a fantastic white Zinfandel. However, in the market right now, you can buy white Zin for four ninety nine a bottle. Yeah. And white Zin drinkers aren't going to pay our 10 bucks, which is the best price you can get on the market for. So, so that's not a competitive product. We can't compete in the marketplace with that. What can we do with that to take it further? Our cost, the glass, the bottle, the foil, the cork, we've put $4.99 into that package due to scale of economies before we even put the product in. And the birth of this distillery was how can we take it from a non-competitive product to a competitive product, which was um, let's take it and make vodka out of it. And that's what opened the doors for distillation. And vodka is 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 the the door opener, the gate. It was the gateway to finding a spot for my husband's passion. And um, I noticed you looked at established 1922. I did. So I'm guessing that's Jimmy's day. That's his birth year. year. Yes. And Dirk's, which is the vodka that we produce, his is 1924. I put that two and two together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next bourbon you got for me is Jimmy's 100, 100 proof. This is a cool story too. Let's hear it. Okay. So you see that plaque on that barrel right there, Jimmy's 100. Yep. So here's what we do. And, and this is, this is so fun. There's so many bourbon buffs and we've got friends um, that trap, they've got, you know, their names on barrels in Kentucky and they come down, they're Texans and they come down here and just talk Kentucky all the time. And we said, why don't we get all these guys together? So they have a night where there'll be like 25 or 30 guys and they sit and Jim will pick, my husband will pick three or four barrels and he thinks that they're pretty good and let's blend a 100. And these guys will have teams, right? So they'll sit down and it's all the bourbon buffs that we know that want to come. So if you want to come join us for a blending party, <laughs> we, you're now on our list of bourbon buffs. So they'll, they'll show up. We've got food set up and, and um, it's kind of a guy thing. So the, you know, we'll have, we'll do some fun stuff on the wine side uh, for all the ladies, but the guys get together and they have a blast. So Jim gets them set up with all kinds of blending stuff. And they blend together and they talk together in this whole team. So it'll be like a table of eight guys, a table of eight guys have four or five teams and they'll put these blends together and then they'll have a blind vote on the blend. And it's so funny whenever team A actually votes for team B's blend. Yeah. But um, it really makes it fair. It's fun. They take ownership on the product and um and it's it's kind of an inclusive blending process. So that's how 100 is born. So 100 will come out of two or three or four barrels that are selected and then the ratios of that blend. Um, and we do a very limited production on that. It's 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 once that's out, that's out, you know. And So you think that's how many three or four barrels um, and you blend those together? To at, at those ratios. At those so, ratios, And yeah. then the rest of that will go will be cut with water for Jimmy's 90. So we got this Jimmy's 100. <laughs> we got this Jimmy's 100. And uh, I get definitely a different nose on Man, it. I get that floral, uh, some citrus, maybe some some tangerine, actually, maybe. A little tangerine. Oh, bright. Yeah. Yeah. That nice, refreshing smell you get. Man, that's nice. It's really opened up, too. Isn't it amazing how you can let a whiskey sit in a glass for just a little bit? And it'll totally change it. Mm -hmm. Same with, yeah. Same as the wine, same. right? right? I, know, I know. I'm talking to a bourbon guy. Gotta, <laughs> don't get excited about wine, Marno. No, hey, I've, I've drank a lot of wine in my <laughs> life. I, if you're married, you're, you're bound to yeah. break out a bottle of wine, especially my wife's a nurse. And she's like, hey, there better be a bottle of wine after this shift right here. Wait I for can't me. wait to meet your wife. So she's So she's here, right? She's here. That's awesome. Another another great bourbon by you guys. I think uh, very uh, floral on that front end. Still got that sweetness to it. But on that back end, you still know it's a rye. Corn. Right? And yeah. Not that burn from like a really deep rye, but um, it's definitely a 100. Um, it drinks like a 100. Sometimes you'll have a, a 90 or 100 that drinks like a 120. 
<laughs> and then sometimes you'll have a, I've had some 120s that drink like a 90. Is that what you call your favorite? Yeah, my favorite is uh, Weller's Special Reserve. Uh, all of nice our listeners, weeded. it's a weeded bourbon. Everybody's call me a big sissy if they want to. Not many people would probably do that. So um, if you bore our listeners more to call me that, I don't care. It's good bourbon. Good bourbon is good bourbon. Um, so my question for both of you is, what was your first bourbon? My first bourbon was Jim. Okay. It was Jim Beam and Eggnog. Eggnog. Oh, my God. <laughs> if, so so it was at Jimmy's. It was Jimmy's house. And my husband says, yeah, eggnog, There's you don't put anything in eggnog other than Jim Beam. I'm like, okay, I guess that's what eggnog is because I had no idea. But that was the rule of their house. So Hey, they're um, bourbon their way, right? That's right. Yeah, that's what we that's try right. to say. What was your first bourbon? Kelly, what do you say? Mine was simply my 21st birthday, a gifting from the boyfriend, the traditional maker's mark. I would pick that because I'm the brand manager. I, I'm visual and I'm, you know, I was really young. I was looking at the, uh, the brand, the dripping. Yeah. The, uh, wax. Oh, the wax. You know, there we go. The uh, looks at first and, uh, later, later developed a, uh, taste. A so. great, a great weeded bourbon too. A lot of people would, uh, say that. So you guys are actually rebranding while we speak, right? You're, yes. you're fixing to rebrand your stuff. Um, and I, I've seen the rebranding. I think it, you guys are going to do great with that. It's what, you would think John Wayne would have in a saddlebag <laughs> when he's in one of his movies, a nice tall bottle, right? Um, almost a dark Texas rich color to it. Um, I think you guys are hit the mark with that. And then you got an American hero on your bottle. Oh, um, yeah. How can that not sell? Uh, how could you not be a bourbon drinker and buy some of this bourbon <laughs> with a great story? Like every great bourbon has a story, right? Yes. Um, so I, I, have, I appreciate you guys letting me come in today and, and take a peek inside your, your guys's, uh, distillery, um, hear your stories. Um, I think you guys are going to hit a home run with this and, uh, be one of the great Texas bourbons out there. You'll, I think you can compete with any of the other big boys out there in the market, uh, in Texas, even with the, the Kentucky bourbons. And, you know, that, that's saying something. They've that's been around saying for, something. Yeah, that's yeah. saying something. <laughs> I, I think it's good juice. And to me, a good bourbon's a good bourbon. Um, you know, some people might differ, but my palate's my palate, your palate's your palate and mm -hmm. Kelly's palate's her palate. And that's, that's how it is. But I, I still think it's a great bourbon. And, um, I would sit down by my fire with my dog Woodrow and drink it. <laughs> there, so you that's something. there you go. So, uh, Everybody, you're going to see me on down to Bourbon Road. Uh, I want to thank you guys. Where can we find you on social media? Keeper Salt, Texas. Keeper Salt, Texas. Keeper Salt on Instagram, on mm -hmm. Facebook, yes. on Twitter. Twitter. Yes. Yep. Uh, and your website. And our website. Absolutely. So so stop by. See them here. Uh, they're about 15 miles out of side of Tyler, Texas. Um, it's worth, if you're in Texas, it's worth the drive to come over from Louisiana or if you're in Dallas for a, for a Cowboys game or you're down in Austin, take that drive up, take that drive over, uh, come by and see them. We've um, got a 15 room in. You can come stay with us. Hey, that's even better right there. And, and they got a winery for the wife. And you, they can come see Birdie May. Or the husband if he doesn't yeah. drink bourbon, he <laughs> drinks wine. Either way around, I don't care how you do it. Come drink some bourbon with them. Um, I will see you down the bourbon road. Uh, you'll next hear from me. I think I'll be in Little Rock in a couple of days. Um, we're doing another interview there. And uh, we'll see you down the bourbon road. Cheers. Mike, that was a great interview. I mean, Marnell did did an awesome job for filling in. You know, I think um, very interesting. So tell me, they've got two bourbons. Yep, one at ninety proof, one at hundred proof. Same bourbon, just different, two different proof expressions. Yep. And your your favorite was? I think the ninety. Um, yeah, was great. It's got a sweetness to it. It's a it's a four grain. It's it's a beautiful expression of bourbon. Um, yeah. She actually asked me off air. Now tell me the truth. What do you really think? And I was like. You know, if you knew me or if you listened about me or uh, you wrote, read what I wrote and stuff, you, you're going to I'm a straight shooter. I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm not going to lie to you. And I I thought it was a great bourbon, um, uh, something I could sit down and drink with you or I could sit down by my fire and talk to a Woodrow and um, drink it. <laughs> Good deal. Well, yeah, well, that was great. So sorry you didn't find any Weller. <laughs> but it sounds like you found Jimmy's and that was good stuff. It was. I, you know. Um, it was great. And I got to spend some time, more time with my son and, uh, 
Marnell was great. She uh she gave my son two bottles uh, as gifts. Uh, I thought she thought it was pretty neat that he was a you know works on B fifty twos. That that airplane's been around almost as long as the plane that Jimmy flew. So that's they got a little camaraderie there. I think sure. Now, Jimmy's passed on uh last year, um but uh yeah we got on down the Bourbon Road back to my son's house and we spent a couple more days with him. Um, we brought him a whole bunch of bottles of bourbon, which was probably good because he can't get too much down there. And he's a big Blanton's fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just live right down the road from Buffalo Trace, so it's it's pretty easy for me and you to pick up some Blanton's. Um, so I brought him some Blanton's and uh, some other bottles that I thought he'd like. And uh, me and Vivian got back on the road and we were back on our way to back up to Kentucky. All right. Well, Mike, uh, we've got one more distillery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So out of six, this is the final one. It'll be the final one. Yeah. And uh, and who is it? Well, it's what we're sipping on right now is Rocktown Distillery out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, a great distillery is right downtown. Uh, if you fl- fly into Arkansas, into Little Rock or into Arkansas, and you like, man, I got a little time to burn uh, downtown. Stop by and see them at Rocktown. Uh, they they make some good good juice. Jim, you are, you already drank all yours. I got a whole. I, whole I need a little bit more because I tell you what, you know, one of the things I like doing is when your glass is empty, when it when you when you sip that last little bit, go ahead and nose it again, nose the glass. And man, this is this is a lot of caramel. Oh yeah, a lot of caramel butterscotch. It's actually opened up. Yeah, um, a lot Quite a bit as we've been sitting here talking and stuff. Um, they their DSP is DSP AR one five zero zero one. So they say they're the first legal distillery in in the state of Arkansas since prohibition. I don't I don't know if if that's right or not. And I wish um, maybe we'll reach out to Michael Veach and ask him. Um, and see if he could give us a little bourbon history or distillery history on Arkansas. Uh, but Phil Brandon, he's the one that started that brand there, and um, he was just just a businessman and and the Intel technology. I think he worked for Altel, and uh, he got laid off, and he needed something to do, so he started himself a distillery. That's that's what you do, right? When you get bored, you start a distillery. Now, two of these distilleries, um, Seven Three, and um, Rocktown were both helped by Dave Pickerel. Okay. The late Dave Pickerel. The late, yeah. Yeah. Um, he helped him start. He's helped start many distilleries. Sure. But a legend, I would think, in the distillery game. Absolutely. Um, so uh, they're, they're, they have his uh, legacy with him. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's listen to your interview with Rocktown. Hey, this is Big Chief from the Bourbon Road, and uh, we left Shreveport, uh, Louisiana this morning, and we, we're moving on down to Bourbon Road. We're heading back home to Kentucky today, but we thought we would take a chance and stop by Rocktown Distillery in Little Rock, Arkansas, and see what they're distilling, see what they got for us. And uh, luckily enough, they, uh, they let us in their doors this morning. So we're in here, and I'm with... Uh, Andrew Wingfield. I'm the uh, one of two national brand ambassadors for Rocktown Distillery. So Rocktown Distillery, uh, they started in 2010 with Phil, their owner. It's all your own juice, nothing sourced here. Right. Yeah. All of our, we're, we take a lot of pride in our whiskey. It's grain to glass. So we have partnered with local Arkansas farmers. They grow corn, wheat, barley, rye, and we take those ingredients um, we have a mill here on site. We, we mill it up, we mash it, ferment it, distill it and age it all on site here at Rocktown. And you guys' DSP number is, is DSP Arkansas 15001. That's right. Yeah. So, so you are number one distillery here in, absolutely. Kentucky, yeah. in, in Arkansas. We're the first legal distillery in Arkansas since prohibition. That's pretty awesome. You took us through your uh, through your warehouse and back to your stills and stuff, and you put all your juice in fifty three, twenty five, and fifteen gallon barrels. That's right. So we have a we have a cooperage here in Arkansas. It's in Hot Springs. It's called the Gibbs Brothers Cooperage, um, and we love those guys. We use their barrels. Uh, they only make fifteen gallon barrels though. So we put a lot of our experimental whiskeys into that size barrel, but we also have um, twenty five and fifty three gallon barrels. 
some of those we get from uh, Independence Dave and uh, Kelvin and um, uh, McGinnis. And so. you guys are like a true, you are a true craft distiller. So you're putting yes. about four barrels per week. Right. About 200 gallons of, of whiskey per week. So, and you got Vendome's, uh, Vendome steel and you got a vertical column with that. Yeah. We have a 250 gallon copper pot still made by Vendome. So in 2018, you guys moved into this new building here. It's an old Cadillac dealership. That's right. got a lot of history here in Arkansas. Um, what's the history behind the name Rocktown? Um, you know, Phil Brandon is the man who, who started Rocktown Distillery. He is, uh, he's Little Rock born and raised. So Rocktown is, um, Rocktown is a name that, that he came up with to emphasize where this whiskey comes from, where it's produced. And it's, it's Rocktown. It's Little Rock. And we're also big fans of rock and roll. And so. that is no joke. There, I walk into the warehouse and you guys are in there, uh, got ZZ Top just blaring to the barrels. They're getting to hear that music. Uh, maybe That's that right. vibration's helping it go in and outside of the wood. And I, I noticed know. when we walked in, um, before we came in, uh, one of the employees was opening up the windows to the warehouse to let some fresh air and stuff. In. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. is that is that room temperature controlled or? So the the barrel house is we have an AC and heater in that room, but only because we host events in there. Um, we don't climate control it most of the time. So she's so. just opening up windows, let it. You don't have no event there today, so nope. I think it's like thirty five or thirty six degrees out. Today. Yeah, it's super cold today. So or it's super cold for us. You know, we're not too far away from from having our. Uh, snow but uh yeah we don't mess with the temperature in in the barrel house um 99 of the time because we want the we want those climate changes we want it to be really really humid and hot in the summertime and then in the cold or the winter be really dry and cold so one of your mash bills is a sour mash and everything That's else right. is a sweet mash though correct so what do you got for me today you, you got some pretty 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 special juice. All right. So today I thought we would try our single barrel reserve. This is a cask strength single barrel version of our flagship Arkansas bourbon whiskey. Um, it's 82% corn, it's 9% wheat, and 9% malted barley. Well, let's let's taste this. Yeah. Cheers. I get a little uh on the nose, I get a little maybe some dried fruits. Mm-hmm. Definitely get that vanilla. Absolutely. Big caramel. Wow. Some nutmeg, little cinnamon, baking spices. I get it. I get all that. I get some right. nutmeg on there. Yeah. Peppery on the back end though. Mm -hmm. uh, not, it doesn't dry my mouth out or anything like that. It just, it does leave you wanting, wanting more like any good bourbon should. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now what, what proof is this? You said about 117 proof. Yeah. There are, you know, all these single barrels that cast strength are a little bit different. They typically come out 118 to 120. Um, this one is, uh, yeah, around 117. So it's a, it's a full flavor bourbon whiskey. And this is the one that put us on the map in 2015. This one, uh, us micro whiskey of the year in Jim Murray's whiskey Bible. Wow. That's a great, uh, that's a great whiskey. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so here, whenever you guys, what what do you, somebody comes on off the bourbon road and they want to take a tour, what what do you guys usually take somebody through? So we, um, we like to take them through the beginning of our distillery here in Arkansas. We tell Phil's story. You know, Phil was, um, Phil did not come from bourbon makers. He was actually in telecom. And uh, he... Worked at Altel, which was headquartered here in Little Rock. Well, you know, Verizon comes in and they buy Altel and they laid off a bunch of the staff and they told him that he could keep his job, but he'd have to move to New Jersey. But he's Little Rock born and raised, so he doesn't want to move to New Jersey. So, you know, he tells them where they can stick it and, and quits. Uh, so at that time, he's faced with unemployment. And, you know, he probably does what a lot of us do when faced with unemployment, which is turned alcohol. <laughs> so, you know, during that time, he's drinking a lot of bourbon, um, a lot of whiskey, really, really liking it. And looking at the, the map of bourbon distilleries in the U.S. finds that there is not one in Arkansas, his home state. So, you know, a lot of people would look at that problem and say, boy, it'd be nice if somebody built a distillery in Arkansas. 
But Phil looks at that problem and says, why not me? Why can't I do it? So he got the state to give him the very first distilling permit ever issued since prohibition and we're in the in the heart of the bible bill right? yeah and that must have been some chore to to get arkansas to say okay yeah this is a good idea yeah i imagine it probably was um and i'm sure some people thought man that's a bad idea we don't need, <laughs> no, more, we don't need no more liquor in the state of arkansas yeah but um, you got the corn here right that's right you got, got the corn. rye you got the wheat Rye actually was not grown commercially in Arkansas until we decided to make a rye whiskey. So we contracted the first plot of commercially grown rye in the state in order to make our our rye whiskey. So like we have um, we've got a straight rye whiskey. We also have a four grain sour mash bourbon that includes rye in the mash bill. So I think that because no one else is using that grain and nobody else is sourcing hundred percent of their, their whiskey grain from Arkansas, you know, in the same way that, that wine has a certain terroir, like grapes from certain regions have different flavors. Um, I think whiskey has the same kind of thing. So because nobody else is using those grains, it has a really, really unique um, quality that is, is not found in any other whiskey. Yeah. As I was telling you earlier, I, I think when I think of Arkansas and I think of whiskey, I think of the Arkansas river. I think of Jim Bowie. I think of Daniel Boone. Right. I think of those frontiersmen that came here from the East, from Kentucky, from Tennessee. And what do they bring with them or what do they want? They, they want some whiskey. And I think of riverboat whiskey. I think of, I think of bourbon. You know, those guys, they want that flavor. They want that same thing they had back at home or where they started at. And they're out here being frontiersmen and you guys are just taking it a step further. Um, the first legal distillery here, right. Uh, in, in Arkansas. And I, I, man, you guys did an outstanding job with this. Well, thanks. How, how many years has this set in the barrel? Um, you know, our, our whiskeys are, they're, they're typically, you know, straight two years, um, two to four years. We do have a bottled and bond, regular release bottled and bond coming out. Um, we have done, we, we've done limited release bottled and bond whiskeys. We did a bourbon and we did a, we did a rye and, um, our, our, um, bottled and bond bourbon got a 92 in whiskey advocate magazine, which so, is amazing. Right? Yeah. It's That's pretty awesome. Um, so like, we're finally at a point where we can, where we are going to be able to offer a regular release bottled and bond bourbon, which is a huge milestone for us. You know, I think you guys are doing great here and stuff. Thanks. Where, what other States are you guys in besides Arkansas right now? Uh, we are, we have active distributors in 16 other States. Um, you could probably find our product on the shelf in 22 States. Um, you know, we're in Canada, we're in the UK, Germany, Taiwan. So we got a pretty far reach for for a craft distillery and what's the future look like for you um oh gosh we're just gonna we're just gonna keep producing and and you know focus on making great products and um you know maybe eventually we'll we'll expand a little bit further and we got listeners yeah. in australia and i'm sure <laughs> i guarantee you there's a guy out there named jacob bell he's gonna ask me how do i get Rocktown. Uh, in Australia. In Australia. I, I am not the one to answer that question. Well, you're the brand ambassador, though. Yeah. Well, get on a plane <laughs> and fly into uh, Hillary Clinton Airport here in Little Rock. Come on over to the distillery. We'll get you a bottle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're not looking to to overextend ourselves. I mean, we, we probably are just we're going to we're going to focus on on being the best that we can in the places where we're already available for now. So are you in are you in Kentucky right now? No. Not in Kentucky. No. Is that plans to get get your stuff, your product into Kentucky? Uh, maybe we'll see how many yeah. of your listeners call their uh, call up their local distributors and ask, you know, if they can bring Rocktown in. We'll see how it goes. Well, we want our listeners to come by here if they're out on the Bourbon Road. That's, yeah, that's great. you know, we want people to say, uh, "Hey, I'm outside of the state of Kentucky, and I'm driving down a road, and I got to go through Little Rock, or I'm in Little Rock for a day for business. There is a distiller here, and they got some great bourbon. That's right, and you should come try it." That's what I would say is the big chief is, hey, come by and, and check this place out. Uh, they got a nice bar. 
It, no food here? No, we don't do food. Um, we, we really don't want to get wrapped up in that. We've got a lot of great local restaurants right here on our street within walking distance. So we're going to, we're going to do one thing really well is we're going to make spirits and, and, you know, we're going to make cocktails with those spirits. If they still can come out here and get a bottle of bourbon and take Absolutely. home with them. Yeah. Package it up, take it home on an airplane or you're driving, driving on down the road, you know, take a whole case with you. Yeah, um, whatever you want. We we love having people here. We offer tours, tastings. You know, we love to educate people on on whiskey and, and answer their questions. So, and where can our listeners find you guys on social media? Uh, at Rocktown Distill is our Instagram handle, and of course, Facebook is Rocktown Distillery. And what about you? What if they want to talk to you? If they want to talk to me, I'm on Facebook as Rocktown Wings, and that's also my uh, Instagram handle. And you're the man to answer any questions about, hey, how do I get this into my state? Absolutely. If we got some state out there saying, hey, I, I think we need to have Rocktown in our in our uh, state. Yeah, I'm the man to answer that question. If I don't know the answer, I'll just go ask Phil and he'll tell me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's yeah. that's good salesmanship. Well, we're going to sip on a little bit more of this whiskey right here. This is our last stop on this, this episode right here. Um, it's been a great trip. Uh, me and my wife, Vivian, we're going to. Uh, head back to Kentucky tonight. Thanks for having us in. Absolutely. To Rocktown. Um, Anytime, man. Loved it. I'll see you on down the Bourbon Road. Bye-bye. Well, Mike, I really enjoyed that a lot. And you know what else I'm enjoying? This this Rocktown. Well, I knew you were going to enjoy it. It's rye whiskey. <laughs> I think you're, you're, you're trying to get me to be a rye whiskey drinker or a rye drinker. And, you know, I... I I love it, but I still love my wheat. You know, I, I, I almost converted Randy back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this is uh, this is turning real butterscotchy. I'm getting a little bit of wintergreen in it now. I have to say that, you know, I, it, it's almost like it did spend maybe too much time in the barrel, but but it gives it character. It gives it a lot of character and it's not like anything else I've had before. I would highly recommend somebody try this rock town, single barrel, barrel proof rye. It's a treat. I think, you know, that's a lot of people that stick with just brands that they've known forever or the very popular brands or the big brands. Um, you know, I, I think these new distilleries, artists and distilleries are starting to put out, some great juice and you're missing out if you won't pick it up or try it. Yeah. You know, you don't know what you're missing. Well, it's hard to pass this one by when it's on the shelf. I imagine it's a beautiful bottle in a beautiful tube. Their, uh, their artwork is just phenomenal. And they, every one of their bottles is like that. Yeah. It's in a tube and they, they really are uh, trying to be a better distillery. They've moved it. They've moved locations that into this old Cadillac dealership and, um, you know, when I walked in there, ZZ Top is just into their Rick house or the warehouse. ZZ Top's just blaring. And I mean, it's thumping to those. So I'm sure that the vibration's moving that whiskey right, in there a little right. bit. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. In and out of that barrel. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and it was nice of Andrew, their brand ambassador, to sit down with me. Phil was out on a business trip. And hopefully if we're down there, we can we can sit down with him and talk some more. Well, I'm going to shoot Andrew a message. I think I'm going to let him know how appreciative I am. I am getting this bottle sent out to me. It's uh, it's something I'm going to sip on and I'm going to share with others. And I, I really like it. It's very good. Mike, your trip was epic to say the least. I think it was a, it was a good trip. I think you had, uh, um, how many miles was it again? 2,200, <laughs> 2,200 miles, 33 hours, six distilleries, seven States. That's a, um, that's a good trip. I think, I'd like to do something like that sometime. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think most people, if you if you're out there, you're from Kentucky, you know, and you do distillery tours here, or if you're if you're from that state that we went to a distillery, at, or even if you don't, find a distillery in your state and go visit them. Um, they might shock you. Yeah. Um, but we, me and Vivian had a great time. All the distilleries were very open and transparent with us. Beautiful expressions of whiskey. I don't know if I'd have a favorite out of all of them. I, I'm i a Texas boy, so uh, Marnell there, at, at the distiller at Keeper Saw, I loved uh, how they, they treated my family like gold. Uh, 
they they fed us lunch out there gave us some gave us some whiskey they took took us through their winery uh they were just great people but everybody was the same everybody opened their doors embraced us embraced our podcast and i love that so I'd, really I'd like to say thank you to all of them um and well, i'd like to say merry christmas merry christmas absolutely this was our first two-part podcast but next week we'll get back to a a one-part podcast. One-part, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so this is releasing on Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening to The Bourbon Road, and uh, we're going to spend a little time with family. Make sure you listen, tune in next week. We do have a special guest next week, though. We do. And uh, you do not want to miss him. He's very knowledgeable in the bourbon world. Um, to me, he, he's a he's a legend. So uh, tune in. Cheers, Mike. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. appreciate all of our listeners and we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here on the bourbon road we hope you enjoyed today's show and if so we would appreciate if you'd subscribe and rate us a five star with a review on itunes make sure you follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the bourbon road that way you'll be kept in the loop on all the bourbon road happenings you can also visit our website at thebourbonroad.com to read our blog listen to the show or reach out to us directly We always welcome comments or suggestions, and if you have an idea for a particular guest or topic, be sure to let us know. And again, thanks for hanging out with us.